0: This podcast is presented for entertainment purposes only. Anybody mentioned it it is presumed innocent until proven otherwise. This is purely speculation based on observation from 2,000 miles away. It is not presented as fact, and it's just an exercise in what if. everybody, welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. I am your host, Mike, and on the line with me tonight is Witness G. Hey, G.
1: How you doing, everybody?
0: So, I hope everybody's having a good holiday season. We're getting ramped up here, getting excited about it ourselves. We're going to talk a little bit about the Idaho 4 murders, a little bit of true crime. And then uh, we've got some news. So, um, before we get into it, let's uh, take care of a little bit of business. If you have a haunting, a cryptid sighting, any kind of creepy story you want to share with us, Please get together with us at wickedgardenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also look at the cover art, and there's a hotline there uh, where you can record a story, and we'll get back to you. Uh, also, we have a Patreon. Uh, it's Wicked Garden. If you guys are interested, take a look over there to some extra content. Let's get started. Um, we're going to talk about this Idaho 4 murder. Sure that everybody's seen it and is a little bit familiar with it. Dude, I know you've been working, but. I'm I'm sure you've seen some of it.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm tracking it. Right? Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm tracking it for sure.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty incredible case, right? I mean, four people murdered and no suspects doesn't look from the outside like the cops are making any headway, but maybe there's a reason for that. Um, So we'll talk about that. So we've got Ethan and we've got Zana who are the couple. Okay. And I'm not going to go over the whole timeline. I'm just going to kind of hit the bullet points on the timeline. I know timelines are very important and they're still trying to put this together, but I'm sure people have watched enough news to know and I don't want to bore anybody. So you got Zan and Ethan who were the couple, they go to the frat party and then we're going to talk a little bit about Madison and Kaylee who were together that night and they went out, uh, wind up going downtown and went to a bar. So I think something that's important to talk about that hasn't been mentioned a lot is that The reason Kaylee was back because she's kind of done her classes and she actually had a job in Texas. So the reason she had come back for that weekend was because she had bought a Range Rover and she wanted to show the Range Rover to her best friend Madison. So that's why she came back, right? So she's very proud of this car. She wants to come back, get their opinion on the car. So that's why she came back. I think that's important to realize here, right? So and the reason it's important to realize is because as you saw after a few days or a couple a week or two when they weren't really making any traction her family came forward pretty strong and yeah. they were pretty pissed off about the way things were going i feel like and, rightfully yeah i but i think the cops are being vague on purpose here and these guys are either geniuses or they're morons and we still haven't figured out which one it is right but the They've been intentionally vague on a lot of points. So one of the things that he mentioned, her father, who's Steve, Steve Gonzalez, he mentioned was that Kaylee was targeted. Okay, so this kicked around in the media for a while, and they're like, well, "What do? You, what do? What's he mean? What are you talking about? Why? What does targeted mean?" And if you saw the outside pictures of that house, you actually see blood dripping out of the foundation of the house. <laughs> really? I, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. So it was one grisly scene.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't see the blood, but I, I just remember thinking like when they the shot I saw of the house, it seemed like, you know, any random horror movie or slasher movie that you've seen, it seemed like news coverage for like the day after, you know?
0: So you've, you've got that really, really super grizzly scene. And guys, keep in the back of your minds that she was coming home. And if she was targeted, then not a lot of people knew that she would be there. So if she's targeted that kind of comes down to her inner circle of friends, right? So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. It would have been anybody that saw her that night or somebody who knew she was coming back, okay? So just, just let that marinate in the back of your mind, and let's go back to the timeline a little bit. The, the couple, Ethan and Zana, they go to the frat party, and they are there. Um, there's been mixed reports, but it appears that they were there till about 2 o'clock in the morning. He was still seen at the party at 2 a.m., the two girls, Kaylee and Madison, they go to the Corner Club, which is the bar downtown, and they're hanging out there. And from all reports, they were super white girl drunk. Okay, let's just be honest about it. Okay. And they they, they actually were a little bit hungry afterwards, so they went to a food truck. Okay. There's a truck down there called the Grub Truck, right? So that's that's kind of where they went, and that's where that video of them comes from. Yeah, that's And awesome. that video... Yeah, that video is somewhere between like 130 and 140. The reason that truck has a video uh, stream is because they have a Twitch stream. And the reason they have the Twitch stream is because people like to watch the Twitch stream and make fun of the drunk people that go up and get food later. Luckily, he had that, right? So the girls go, they get food, they're ordering food. And apparently they were really trying to, you know, touch people's food and they're making comments and, you know, that kind of stuff. And at one point... One of them tries to, like, climb in the window. And so people were people were kind of zooming in on um, there was a figure there that had a hoodie on. He had a white hoodie on, and he was really watching the girls, like, very closely. And it appears from all reports now, and we're recording this on the 16th, that that individual really is named Jack Showalter. So there was some information for a while that it may have been Kaylee's old boyfriend, Jack Decor, But it appears it is this individual Jack Walter. So he was in the club. They were drinking in there. Apparently, he may have tried to talk to the girls. You know, imagine that, right? Yeah. Uh, so he, he's trying to talk to him. And, you know, he follows him out to the grub truck. He was telling the other people that he was standing next to, because there's a couple other guys there. He was like, listen, I just want to make sure they get home safe. So I think he was trying to maybe give him a ride. Right. And, you know, maybe playing the odds, seeing what he could do. Right. So you can't, you can't really blame the guy. Right. So he's out there. He's trying to pick up these girls and, you know, they, they get their food. And basically what happens is they blow them off. And right before that, there's a point in the video where if you really listen to the audio, you can hear Kaylee tell him, fuck you, mister. Right. And they kind of have words with them uh, for some reason. I I, you know, but. Apparently, those guys were all making fun of the girls because they were so drunk. Um, and what they did was they, they actually called a ride service. What happens is they get their food. The grub truck guy doesn't even charge them because he can't, you know, get communicate to them enough to get them to pay for the food. Jeez. And he just says go, right? So they go. And at the same time, a ride share guy pulls up and he did not pull up in this white Hyundai that they're looking for right now. He had a dark sedan. Oh, and, that's And he pulled up. Yeah, he pulled up and he got out and he said, hey, hurry up. You know, because I've got other people to pick up. So he was kind of yelling at them. So they they run around the corner with their food and they get into the tr- in into that guy's vehicle. The individual white hoodie guy that's in the video that everybody's talking about, he walks the other way and apparently that direction. Uh, according to some independent sources, know him and know you know where he lives is towards his home. So the girls arrive back at the house at like one fifty ish. So, sometime between 145 and 150 ish. Okay. And they know this because of the rideshare guy. And then also, I think that rideshare car is actually seen on some CCTV somewhere. So, they were able to figure out that they at least got home. So, let's pause there for a minute and talk about the layout of the house a little bit because this is interesting. There are six people living at the house. Actually, there were six people on the lease. It's, kind of up in the air as to whether ethan was on the lease he belongs to the frat
1: yeah i was always unsure about ethan like i didn't know if he was living there or if he'd just been staying the night or what
0: yeah there's six people on the lease and it's not really they, they the cops once again this is that intentional vagueness right yeah they haven't really come out and said yeah he was on the lease or he wasn't on the lease but either way he was sleeping there with his girlfriend right so he was going home to sleep off a good drunk or whatever So, the house is a little bit of an odd layout. And I would recommend that people go to the YouTube channel Gray Hughes Investigates. And that is G-R-A-Y-H-U-G-H-E-S Investigates. Um, And this gentleman, Gray Hughes, he puts together 3D models of crime scenes. And I don't know if he did it professionally. I don't know. But he put together an incredible model. The house kind of sits on a hillside. And if you can imagine or a saltine box, right? Like premium saltine boxes. If you could imagine those, there are the, the one part of the house is like two boxes stacked up. And then there's another section of the house that sits off to the side of that. And that's two boxes stacked up. So the only really wide floor is the second floor. That's the only floor that's double wide, let's say. Okay. Okay. But both the second floor and the third floor have uh, sliding glass doors. So, and those sliding glass doors. The bottom one is because the house sits on a hillside. Uh, people have seen the the shots of it from the outside, where the parking area is. That's what they call the first floor. And it only it's not very deep. But if you walk up to the second floor in that area, that's the part that's double wide. Now, if you go around the back, there's a sliding glass door, and because it's sitting on a hillside that's that sliding sliding glass door is literally ground level so even though it's on the second floor it's ground level you can just walk right into it the one on the third floor is also a sliding glass door on the end but it you know it's a little bit elevated you would have to work to get in there um, but if you walk a little bit over to the back of the house then because of the hillside you can maybe take a run and start and jump up on that deck because they're Or, you know, there's a patio on the second floor, and then there's a deck on the third floor. So, if everybody can envision that in their mind, and I didn't screw it up too bad, or if they want to go check out that Gray Hughes Investigates 3D models, basically, two roommates that were already home and weren't involved and weren't killed, they were on the first floor. So, so on each end of the house, there is a bedroom, (coughs) and... And then there's a staircase that goes up to the second floor. But most likely what happened here was if Kaylee is the one that's targeted, the killer probably came in the sliding glass doors on either the second or third floor. Now, why would he go to the third floor? Probably came in the second floor. He had to know the layout of the house, okay, because he knew where to go to find Kaylee and Madison, especially if we're led to believe Kaylee was, you know, was the one that was targeted or he had to be looking from the outside and see them because they didn't have any blinds or any drapes on the window. So he knew where he was going. Most likely what happened was he went up to the third floor. Who knows? It may have been someone they knew. Maybe they had a nice conversation or whatever, and he just went nuts, or maybe they got in an argument and he went nuts and he kills Kaylee and he kills Madison. He really tears Kaylee open from what everybody's saying. And Madison, you know, not so much. And then what probably happened was the couple who was sleeping on the second floor, because that's where they were, they may have heard it, may have heard the commotion, and they may have woken up. So now when he has to exit, if he doesn't want to jump off the deck, he has to go back down to the second floor. And they must have either came out of the bedroom, and these are probably the people that had the defensive wounds. A couple people did have defensive wounds. So. That's probably what happened. And maybe the girl came out first, he stabs her, and then the guy's still laying in the bed. You know, and that's how he gets the jump on the guy, because that's what I couldn't understand. You know, how did he kill all four without anybody being able to do anything about it?
1: Well, and this is one thing I thought about. Well, I was kept thinking about how were the survivors on the first floor? And if I had to, I don't know, I'm just thinking about clearing rooms. I'm not thinking about, you know, murdering a household. But I feel like if you started at the top and worked your way down, it'd be easier for an escape because you're already ready. You're ground level when you're trying to, you know, exfil.
0: That's the other thing. Originally, there was a report that the front door laid wide open for hours. Okay. And that appears now to not be true. People saw the front door open in the morning, but it was actually either the roommates that opened it up or the cops. Now, what complicates all this, too, is that there is a dog involved.
1: Okay. Yeah, which is crucial to and your it, theory.
0: Yeah, and it, the dog's name is Murphy. The dog is a labradoodle. Okay, it's just around a year old, so it was a small puppy and now it's almost a year old. I don't know anybody with a labradoodle, but sometimes they are very good bar, very good guard dogs, other times they are not. But this is like a free-range dog, right? So it roams the whole house. And it's actually Kaylee's dog. With her old boyfriend, Jack DeCour, so that when they were a couple, they got this dog. And I wish kids in college would stop getting dogs, because every kid that I had that went to college, I wound up with the dog. Don't, don't get a dog when you're yeah, in college. Yeah, I think all college
1: note. dogs end up with those <laughs> kids' parents. I feel like yeah. in every case.
0: <laughs> yeah, so these two, when they were together as a couple, got this dog Now they had some weird thing where they were sharing custody, but the dog was living primarily at the home where the murders was, which was 1122 King. So keep that in mind. It's at 1122 King. So if this dog has any guard dog in in him at all, if someone strange comes in, you would think that the dog would go nuts and bark. And now I did hear Labradoodles bark and they are loud because they have that poodle in them, right? And poodles are guard dogs. So when they do start barking, you hear it. So uh, once again, these kids were all pretty loaded up and drunk, but you would think the dog going off and barking would, would wake somebody up. So that means either the dog may have been in a bedroom locked up with them, or it may have been roaming around and out, and maybe whoever came in, it was familiar with. It's just odd that the dog didn't make a a peep didn't make a sound. And the other thing that's odd too is that the dog wasn't harmed and that the killer, when he left, closed the sliding glass door. So let that marinate around in your head a little bit. If you're in a rush, why would you stop to do that, right? Yeah. You would do that because you're either some amazing animal lover maybe or you don't want the dog to get out. And I think we're pretty safe in saying it's a he. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. We go a little bit further forward uh, in the timeline, so we'll jump back to the timeline briefly, right? So everybody's home, and it is around 2-ish at this 2.20, right. It's around 2.20, everybody's home, everybody's in their bed. And the girls, uh, Kaylee and Madison, start calling Kaylee's ex-boyfriend, Jack DeCour, and they actually call him eight times. So this is the way the calls go. Kaylee is calling him originally, and she's calling him like every minute or two. He doesn't answer because he says he's asleep. Got to take his word for it. But the last call was from Madison to him. Now, I think we've all had this happen, right? Where a couple girls are together. The one is calling and you're not answering them. But then she gets her girlfriend to call to see if maybe you'll pick up. Yeah. Well, maybe he's not answering me. Maybe he'll answer you. So they are all killed sometime between 3 o'clock and 530 in the morning. And just to finish up the timeline on stuff that I don't particularly think is important. The two girls wake up downstairs. They're the surviving roommates. One of them goes upstairs and finds someone. And once again, the cops are very vague on this. And they call their friends first. And they say, hey, what should we do? Because the friends come over. And when the friends actually call the cops, they say that somebody is, they can't wake them up. That's how they put it. We can't wake them up. Now, that was an odd point for me. Like, wouldn't you say someone stabbed here? There's blood everywhere. (laughs) Why did you say you couldn't wake them up, right? It's just a weird thing. It's just... yeah. So once again, is this this the cops being vague for a reason? Or, you know what I mean? It's just a weird, weird little thing. It is.
1: It really is. I feel like that's information that no matter how it came out, it couldn't, you know, if the prosecutors tell them the police to keep it vague, it doesn't make sense in this specific part of the timeline. Or story. Yeah, it could. Why does that could matter? Be,
0: yeah, it could be either that, like they're being vague on purpose, or it's just that they're horrible at communicating because they're a little police force. I think it could be either one, college man. Because that's right. That seems to be it's,
1: the ongoing. It's uh, just,
0: it's just friggin' weird. It's a, it's a weird thing to say. So the cops come, show up, figure out everybody's you know dead, and start their investigation. Here's what's interesting to me. Um, so I, I was doing a lot of research on you know, 4chan and different places trying to just kick around. And I think I'm pretty good at weeding out the bullshit. It appears that Kaylee's ex-boyfriend, Jack DeCour, lives at 1127 King Road. And she is at 1122 King Road. Yeah, so you're so,
1: literally, it's probably same block, like just three houses it's down. It's two,
0: 216 feet away from where she is. So if Kaylee's targeted, and once again, everybody, you know, nobody's guilty. These are just my theories. You know, everybody's due their day in court. I'm just putting theories together from 2,000 miles away. What the hell do I know? To me, you'll always have to look at motive, right? So it goes back to motive, always. Now, it could be some random crazy, but what's the chances of that? It, and if it is a random crazy, they're never going to find him anyway until he does this again. Yeah. So it's a moot yeah. point.
1: If that was the case, I think it's, something else would happen to be
0: honest with you. So once again, he does appear to either have lived or is living at 1127 King Road. Now his alibi, Jack Decor, and he actually appears on the stage at the, at the, um, you know, the little shindig they had for them afterwards. And the father gives him like a sideways glance. It's a really weird moment too. I'm not much on how people react to, you know, children dying and things like that. I was never all about the Ramses when people would say, look at them, they're not, you know, I I just don't take, I think people are in shock when things like that happen. And I don't, I don't read a lot into like their, how they act and people react differently to everything. Some people just cut through that stuff with humor. You know what I mean? And then that seems weird. People are like, oh, look at, well, some people just need to make jokes just to relieve the tension from living through such a horrible thing. Right. So. Yeah. If he's at 1127 and his alibi is from friends who said that they thought he was asleep, if you guys take a look at this 1127 King Street, there are a ton of TikTok videos of these guys where they're out walking on the roof. If he was on the second floor, he literally could have just walked down onto the roof. Think about this when your doors locked, when you're in college, nobody knows what's going on behind your door. Nobody knows if you're in there, if you have a window, right? To me, his alibi, if he was at 1127, right? It's right—it's—it's just not enough to, to really cross him off the list. Here's the weird things that I found out about 1127. I checked the real estate photos and there does appear that these TikTok videos are that house. You know, the way I found that out is I looked at the flooring. I've looked at these odd lighting fixtures. It, it's that house. And, you know, people are not denying online that he may have been at 1127 King at one time or another. Um, the TikTok videos that, have his dog in it or from 1127. There's also pictures on Kaylee's social media that are from the front of that house. So literally it's Kaylee and Jack together at the front entrance to that house at 1127. And here's another thing too. There's an odd neighbor who was being interviewed originally at the very beginning of all this. And that neighbor's name is Jeremy Reagan. He's been very active on social media, just, you know, talking with people because, you know, a lot of people were pointing fingers at him because he's socially awkward. And he was just like, look, I know I'm an awkward person, but, you know, I knew I knew these people. I watched what went on because it was a party house. I was always wondering about it, but I didn't kill these people. But he made a comment the other – yesterday, he made a comment on his, his – I think it was Facebook, where he said, does anybody know how old the dog Murphy is? He said because – there's a similar looking dog in the same cul de sac. He said, but that dog was much smaller. So someone jumped on and said, well, Murphy is around 10 months to a year old. That would be maybe why you mistook him. So this guy has actually seen Murphy down at the other house when he was a small pup. Okay. And he's seen him walking and in the neighborhood and all that other good stuff. So those two houses are definitely linked together. 1122 and where the murders took place in 1127 where maybe Jack Decor lived. The other thing with that's weird with the social medias is that Jack follows everything Kaylee does, but Kaylee didn't follow Jack back in the social media's, which is odd, right? Because yeah. they they were together for I think they were together for 6 years, you know, and he made a lot of crass comments about her bikini pics and things of that nature, and she never really responds to him when he when he comments. But then again, she's, you know, calling him on Saturday night at 2 o'clock because she's not with anybody else. Yeah. So you see where I'm going with this? Maybe yeah, I'm, she just I'm picking up what you're putting down, played man. him a little bit too much. Yeah. And not only that, maybe, who knows? I mean, this is a really long shot, but maybe it could be about the dog. Maybe she was coming back to get that dog.
1: That could absolutely and Maybe there's some be kind it. of... Maybe he had more maybe time. Maybe there's some with kind of drama. Than, like, you know, if it was a joint custody thing, like they say, maybe he was like over time with it. Like, it had been his. I don't know. She was probably right. in town. It was like, you know what? I'm in, I'm here in town. The only thing I really want to see is my dog. And like, why can't I see my dog? You know, maybe she'd try to go over there earlier that night. You don't know. And then she.
0: Yeah. And the last pictures from that night don't show the dog. Yeah. So it might not have been at that property.
1: And then, uh, you know, around one thirty, the alcohol's setting in, and you're like, you know what, I think, uh, I think, let's go get my dog back, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you start saying stupid stuff, and, you know, maybe that's why she was calling him. You know, bring the dog back, bring the dog back. We're trying to get him to bring the dog back.
1: Yeah. I think- maybe
0: he did. Maybe they had words. You know, to me, I, I it always goes back to motive, right? Like, if this isn't some random wacko, it always goes back to motive. Now, a couple other things real quick. Uh, there was a story about a stalker. Um, apparently that has been explained away. Um, she maybe was a little bit dramatic about something that happened at a local coffee shop. You know, she was a pretty girl, right? So so guys are always going to make comments to her and she maybe took it the wrong way, but it, it doesn't really appear that she had a stalker. Now that that's kind of making a comeback today. More people are talking about it again. Oh, we got to go down the stalker angle. But to me, Occam's Razor, Think things are never as complicated as they seem, right? And I think that we can we can take a lesson from the you know from the Delphi case, right? Yeah. I mean, that guy was a local; he was there, he was he frequented that park a lot, so he was a lot closer to home. And you know, like you heard the troopers in that case talking about maybe the killer is actually in this room.
1: Yeah, and um, it, I feel like the cops were really on it for that case; they were you yep. know withholding for reason. You know, everything yeah. that they were now, withholding, I feel like it was for an actual reason, for Delphi.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So let's talk finally about what, what the cops don't know, and then we can go on to another subject altogether. Another thing with this is let's talk about Digital evidence okay um and also DNA so the problem with if let's just say Jack Decor you know maybe is the killer or it you know whatever once again he's innocent until proven guilty but let's just go down that road if it was jack and he did it first of all if he's living 60 65 yards away digital evidence you know tracking people's phones is going to be a problem because he's only 60 65 yards away he's a neighbor and it may you're not just ping off movie. towers yeah might not even show movement so maybe that's why this is taking so long now let's talk about dna so they went and collected dna from a lot of people and they've been testing a lot of dna and from what my sources tell me and my sources are pretty good the retired fbi guys would be a rush on this dna and it would be back within eight to ten days we're now about four weeks out so if there was any dna out there it would be back by now Now, maybe they have it. But the problem is, if it is Jack, he's been at that house. He and Kaylee are linked together. You know, they have that relationship. The dog would have his DNA on it. The dog would have her DNA on it. Yeah. The dog could get the DNA, transfer the DNA to the house. So maybe that's why they can't close the the loop. Maybe that's why they're having such a hard time.
1: I think also maybe the absence of a murder weapon. Because that's, you know, they haven't found anything.
0: Yeah. And, you know, who knows with that, right? They may never find a murder weapon. But the other thing, too, is in a couple of these TikTok videos, people would have to take a look at them. I think they're actually up on, people have found them now and are up on YouTube on a couple channels. There's actually a video where there looks like there's a white Hyundai Elantra in, parked at that house, 1127. Oh, and really? that's the car they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. That's the car they're all hot about
1: right now. That's right, because the guy had a dark sedan, the, uh... You know, the rideshare guy. The other
0: guy, right? The rideshare guy. But they, what happened was there was a, a video of a alcohol bust in the, what they call the Banfield, which was right in front of the house. And these ge- officers have body cams on. And the body cam, you know, in this other arrest gets a, a shot of a white car. They're saying it's a Hyundai Elantra. I wasn't completely sure, but a white car pulling out from the front of that house at 3am. They totally locked out by getting that piece of video. I think in this case, it's very important to look at what the cops aren't saying. I've wondered about Jack Decor, is he still going to the school Has he graduated? Where does he live? Why are the cops so sure about this? He was sleeping alibi. Why did the family run to defend him right away? I think it's very important here to, to concentrate on what's not being said and what's not being clarified. We don't know why they're so sure about his alibi. The family's saying it's definitely not him and he's, you know, beyond reproach. But, you know, maybe they've been told to play it that way. So why does the public see Jack as cleared, and why do we assume that's the case? Let's listen to the family talk a little bit about Jack.
2: So she was on my mom's cell plan, so um, on Sunday I was able to pull those cell records.
0: And you could see that she was Mm -hmm. calling somebody out. Yeah. Does it seem like they they may have been involved, or does it seem like no, No,
2: not at all. Uh, Kaylee had no shame in in kind of power calling, so it, it fits Kaylee. Yeah, no, yeah, and we know who she was calling, and this person is, yeah, and, and this person was asleep, unfortunately, um, was not getting the calls, and um, it was, I don't know, a few calls between, for the for half an hour, she called him a couple times, and, but no, um, it was not, we do not believe she was calling him for help, we were, we believe that she was just calling him to come over, if Kaylee was in, 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 uh, in danger, her or Maddie, they would have called 911, they would not have been calling this person, yeah. And that was, was that? That was so at, like around two. Yes. Yeah, so at that time we started 30. around 2 30. Yeah. We believe that the girls were just fine.
1: So, the, so so from those phone records, it looks like the girls may have been alive around 2 30.
2: 2 30 is what the last call? Mm-hmm. Um no. Uh the last call is shortly before 3 sure. a.m. Yeah, that's right. Like 250 something, yeah. 252.
0: Yeah. We keep hearing this name, Jack, and phone calls going back and forth. There, can you tell us anything about that?
2: We love Jack. Absolutely love Jack. We stand behind Jack 1,000%. Jack was Kaylee's boyfriend for many years. They just recently broke up. There was no animosity at all. It was a breakup on Kaylee's point. It was not, they still talked every single day. Kaylee just thought that she needed a little break. They were on the mend of getting back together. Kaylee talked to Jack the whole time. She was here for that week and a half. Um, One of her messages, one of her last messages, she reached out to Jack and said, Jack, get back to me. And he didn't. She goes, We share a dog together, which they did. She's like, You need to reach out to me. So please come over. She was wanting Jack to come over.
0: Come over for what? And yeah, sharing a dog. We share a dog together. Maybe that doesn't mean what they think it means.
2: There Jack is um is is not um they're wasting their time with Jack and yeah. and, and Jack is just as distraught as we are. Um Jack is our family. Jack yeah. is one hundred percent Two thousand percent, our family, and Jack is with us, and and we stand behind him one hundred percent. We are supporting him, and we know in our hearts, and our minds, and our souls, in the depths of our souls, um, Jack is hurting, and he in, in in Kaylee and Jack would have eventually been married. They would have eventually been married, and they would have eventually had children together. So to say ex boyfriend, it, it 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 was Kaylee just being a brat, you know, being like I just need a break, but. Jack was in her heart and 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 they 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 were close to getting back together and that was just Kaylee being
0: Kaylee. So you know, I don't know if everybody remembers Lacey Peterson's family, but you know, they thought the same thing. And what's the harm in letting the police do their job and let them letting them do their due diligence on this kid? And I get that he's been around a really long time and that could be part of the problem. This Lack of commitment. Um, they're basically saying that she's taking a break to be with someone else. Do they think that that doesn't bother him? I I, I understand where they're coming from. They're loyal to the, to the guy and they really like the guy. Sometimes the family likes the guy more than the girl does. And I don't know if that's what's going on here. Or like I said, maybe the police are having them just toe this line. So this last clip is another interview um, that the family did, and this is just the, the father, the son, and, again, this stepsister, Olivia, who seems to do most of the talking here. As a matter of fact, when the subject of Jack is brought up, you'll hear a very long pause before Olivia jumps in to defend Jack again. So I'm not saying that this is absolutely the truth, and, once again, this is just speculation, but maybe the cops have coached Olivia and this is how we're going to handle the subject to Jack. And maybe that's why she speaks so much for the family. And it's interesting. Um, you guys can't see it, but when the subject of Jack is brought up, the brother who attends the school, he kind of initially shakes his head. Yes. That's interesting that he hasn't been cleared. And the father just kind of looks to the side again. It's just odd. And, and this just seems to me to be like that. They're, they're putting out a narrative. And right now, When they appear, it's either the father and the lawyer. So, you know, they've kind of put this steel curtain between them and the press, which is probably best.
1: Your family has been very outspoken in support of Jack. He's Kaylee's ex-boyfriend. And on the Moscow police website though, Moscow police website, he is not listed notably as someone who has been cleared in the investigation. To your knowledge, is that significant?
2: No, um, I I don't personally think so, because I think that there's the entire rest of the world that's also not on that list of people who have been cleared, Um, including Maddie's boyfriend, including any associates of Xana or Ethan that might not be involved. um, I I don't find that significant at all.
1: And there were a number of phone calls to him that night. And you say that would have been typical behavior for Kaylee, that that she often would call friends, folks, you know, for, for a whole bunch of things. At, at any time,
2: specific. yeah, <laughs> multiple yeah. times until I would pick up at three a.m. and be like, "Kaylee, what?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, and some of the last footage of her at that food court, she's on her phone twenty-four-seven filming the whole thing. So she lived yeah. on that phone. So yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe the problem here is the DNA and the digital evidence isn't any good. It's unusable. What you're looking at here is you're looking at somebody who killed four people. And it may seem premeditated, but I think it's the direct opposite. I think it's an absolute crime of passion. And I think it's a crime of passion against Kaylee. This isn't just some slight, something that happened in school to piss somebody off or some petty argument. This is something that's been built up over time. This is something that's marinated. In order to kill four people, you have to be pretty much out of your mind. So if he does have access to that 1127, From that house, you can basically look down the street and see into her bedroom. If we think about how the killer entered into the house, Jack would have a couple different ways of getting in there. Number one, he could be let in. The other thing is the killer would definitely have to have an idea of the layout of the house, and Jack would have that. We know that she didn't follow him on his socials, but he followed hers, so he would have knowledge that she would be back in town. To me, he would have the motive and the means, and maybe the problem is closing the loop on him because of the digital and the DNA. Maybe this is one of those cases where you either have to have an eyewitness or a confession. And maybe the reason for the vagueness around him and why he's been pushed to the back is because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get him to confess or maybe they're sweating him in some way. Not one journalist or reporter has told us where he lives. The FBI is involved with this now, not just the Moscow police department. So maybe this is all vague on purpose, but you've got motive. You've got means the dog can be explained away or the dog alerting The layout of the house. He has the knowledge, the axe to grind against Kelly. He has that we know they were calling him. If he wasn't asleep, that had to be extremely annoying. We know now that there may be some evidence that he was at the corner club and they might've had a conversation with him because there's a new still shot out now, and there's a person in the still shot that's wearing a hat that he owns, a pair of sneakers that he owns, and looks incredibly like him, and he's talking to the two girls, and that's it at 1.30. So he would also have the knowledge that they were there. Maybe Kaylee was over him, but he wasn't over her, or maybe it could have been about the dog. How can Jack be asleep at 2.30 if he's at the corner club drinking with the girls at 1.30? To me, if I had to put place a wager on it right now, I, w- I would say that it's probably going to come back to the ex-boyfriend.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess my thing, the, the issue I have outside of that is why kill everybody else? Like, I understand the motive for killing her, if that was the yep. case. But why keep going? The silence well, witnesses yeah, or, I- like...
0: Well, that's what I was just getting ready to say. Like, first of all, if he kills her, he has to kill Madison, right? Because they're in the room together and Madison knows who he is. For
1: sure. Maybe then he hears a ruckus and thinks, okay, well, I got to I got to
0: Then he goes downstairs and those two are standing there or one of them. And he's like, well, now I got to kill them. Right? I mean, at that point you're freaking out, right? Because you're like, oh my God, my whole life is, his whole life is flashing in front of his eyes because of, you know, a moment of anger. And, you know, now he just goes crazy and just finishes the job.
1: Yeah. Right? And, you you know, if you think about it, too, if he just killed her, if he just killed his ex, they could likely point the finger back at him a lot quicker. But if he kills multiple people, then you have to look at everybody's circle and see, like, okay, is there a common person in all this? You know, it could... They could have literally just been collateral. She may have been the target, but everybody else may have been, you know, collateral damage.
0: Yeah, because you don't know what happened in the house. Maybe she came out and they were hanging out together and he killed her. It's a, it's a good point because that's the other thing cops have been intentionally vague about, too, in this case. They haven't said where everybody, you know, they've said that some victims perished in their in their bedrooms and had defensive wounds. But the other day, the coroner said that they all didn't die in their bedroom. Now, when she said that, I thought to myself, maybe that's someone running out when he's coming down the stairs from the third floor to the second floor. Because the, the steps from the second to the third floor, it's a double set of steps. So it has like a landing in the middle. Yeah. So like the, the first set of steps from the first floor up is just a straight run. Um, and then the second to the third floor is a is a double double set of steps. And once again, I don't think he thinks he can hang, jump off the third floor and get out. He has to come down to get out. And maybe where my mind went was they heard somebody or heard something screaming. Who knows? Maybe the other one was calling. They might have, you know, these kids always grab their phones. She might have been calling. Yeah. Or, the, the or roommate downstairs you know, while
1: they're, you know, getting the defensive wounds. They're trying to warn the roommates because they may not know what the hell's is going on. It may be completely dark in that room. Like maybe, maybe another
0: thing too. Maybe he came over and was like, "Look, I'm going to commit suicide." And maybe they, you know, they called the other two upstairs to say, "Look, we got to talk him out of this." He could have had the knife in his hand.
1: Oh man, that's a right. And that's he, a serious possibility, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, we won't know until we know, but just want to talk a little bit about it because I think it's a really interesting case. I hope for the families that it gets solved soon and that some movement, you know, can be found. Gotten on it. I did want to say one more thing. You know, there is a case for a random killing because there was a killing. There was a, a strange murder seventy miles away. Um, this this uh, Juden family. Yeah, uh, I think the one the 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 one is named Travis Juden, and then his wife is Jamie Lynn. Um, they live in this rural house about seventy miles away. This is the a couple from
1: Washington, right?
0: Yeah, he doesn't appear to have any enemies or any, you know, nobody would have an axe to grind against this guy. Yeah, I mean, they were, they wake up, there's this guy in the room with a mask, he doesn't try to rape Jamie Lynn, he just starts slashing. And he kills Travis, and he's trying to kill Jamie Lynn, and they had somebody sleeping over that night, thank God who came up from downstairs and scared him away when that third person came up and scared him away. And this guy had a mask on, a ski mask. So, and this was 70 miles away. It's, it's basically on a highway that connects the two cities right off. I knew it it
1: was close, but I didn't, I didn't know when it occurred. Like, do you have,
0: yeah, it's, yeah, it's going on about uh, eight to 10 months ago now.
1: Okay, because this could be a pattern situation, man, so we got to definitely keep our eye on that area.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see the Night Stalker? Yeah, the movie? Yeah, Carl Kolchak? Yeah. (laughs) I think when you do the news, I'm going to do it. Dude, if you remember, there was a really cool intro. Yeah. And it was like Yeah, it was awesome.
1: It's like I think
0: I think I would have cut it in before, like when you're first starting the news. I think it actually I think it's an oboe or it's a cello.
1: Yeah, it is. I do know it's a cool theme song. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I would've do that when
1: you did it. Oh man, dude, I haven't thought about that show in a long time. Like,
0: I think about it when the Christmas story is on Yeah,
1: day. you, I, I honestly, I can't watch the Christmas story without thinking about Night Stalker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> oh,
1: man. I want to talk about the, uh, ONDI report that never came out a little bit. Okay. Um, little bit about the James Webb telescope and there's been some SETI shit. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah. A uh, couple new planets and then there's a, uh, do you know about the Stratcom report? No. Yeah. They accidentally fucking leaked a uh, different agency. So it was all SAP and ATIP. Then it was this uh UAP task force and now it's known as the AARO. But then there was okay. something else called uh a joint interagency task force for UAP phenomena, and they leaked that, and nobody even knew about that group. So,
0: Oh, wait, how much? How much money do we spend in this
1: country on? Oh uh, man, it's black it's ops. no telling. It's <laughs> it's literally it's no telling, man. And they're they're gonna they're nobody passing, should be homeless. Yeah, they're they're waiting to pass the new fucking defense budget right now. So. <laughs> I think it's interesting to talk about that just, you know, slightly. Yeah, so I think a big thing that, uh, you know, we've been talking about off and on for, you know, since June, since the first uh, ONDI UAP report came out, uh, the one with 144 cases, we definitely talked about it in detail, but that came out in June. We were supposed to have the second report by Halloween, actually, it was uh, October 31st was the deadline. October 31st came and nobody had anything, so we thought, okay, like maybe it'll be a couple days, you know, first week, second week, November, nothing. And here it is now. At the time of this recording, it's the sixteenth uh, of December. We still don't have nothing. So where's that report? Any any
0: any accountability? Like anybody anybody raising a stink?
1: Um. N-
0: besides besides UFO Twitter,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, UFO Twitter is probably going nuts. I don't even want to see what they're talking about, to be honest with you, but uh what we do have
0: no little little marco getting mad little marco rubio is Oh uh, yeah you know, little marco's probably anything, pissed. I guess
1: uh, <laughs> yeah he's
0: but I was just wondering if anybody said anything about it like has it been you know mentioned in any of the the big publications It has yeah you know, any anything on the black vault anything on um you know T- Tyler Rogaway Yeah
1: so anything they're like all that? bringing it up and they're just saying like we'll have to wait and see like let's wait it out because they're not speculating. They're not, they're not saying why it's late. Just They're okay. just acknowledging that it's late and we should have had one. Right. But uh, I'm trying to refresh this.
0: Maybe they're trying to lock us back down before they let out the information. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm you thinking know, about. That's lines.
1: one thing that I'm looking at is, as far as, you know, regular news goes. Like, you know, this, this whole Twitter thing with Elon Musk, you know, Right. Big news like that could be smokescreen where they could just sneak out this report on like a Thursday or Friday. And that's, you yeah. know what they tend to do with this type of shit. But the only person that's talked about it as far as in actual media has been the New York times. Um, and, you know, they've been actually championing the, the UAP cause and not looking at it, you know, so much skeptically, but with a serious tone, as far as when you go back to the initial article with Leslie Kane and all, but, this latest right. article wasn't from her, it was uh, Julian Barnes, but he just wrote it.
0: Uh, so this is another guy from the Times, Julian Barnes, gotcha. Yeah, but he's okay.
1: like, he, he's almost really downplaying it. He's just saying like many, the literally the article titles, just many U- military UFO reports are just foreign spying or airborne trash. And that's it.
0: So it's like, well, it's not out yet, but don't worry about it. It's not going to have anything in it.
1: Yeah, so they... So (laughs) apparently... Exactly. So he's supposed to have some kind of fucking source that leaked to him that uh, all the report says is that it's foreign spies or fucking space trash. So it's completely opposite to the tone, you know, from Leslie Kane's article that got everything... Right. They're looking at it serious. And then this guy literally on like the 28th is when this article drops. So just before. Is that,
0: is that really, is that really worthy of the New York times? Right? Like the, the reporter says, yeah, but don't worry about it. I already saw it. Like why even say that?
1: Yeah. And then just the down plate is, you know, it's just Chinese drones and, you know, orbital trash, like trash stuck. Right. In the low orbit. Let it
0: stand on its own. Just say, well, I guess we're just going to have to wait. You know, I've, I've heard from, like you could say it a lighter way. You've, you could say i've heard from you know other well wait a minute if it's so light on that kind of stuff then why why is it taking so long to get
1: it exactly
0: if it's all just trash why is it taking so long to find it get it together that's just that's an odd thing
1: it is it is it feels weird and uh i know michael hanks has brought brought it up um but he's he's the only person that i've heard bring it up that it's really fishy but it is it's it's truly fishy yeah they just downplayed it in this article, and it was a lot of people that were tracking it were just like, oh, okay, it's just Chinese drones. People that had been yeah, really I mean, serious you... about it, you know? Because, I mean, yeah. the Times is what basically yeah. blew this thing wide open. And now they got this yeah. guy that's trying to just downplay it. It seems like he's trying to bury it, almost.
0: Yeah, but we know, too, though, that she, she took a couple liberties. Oh, yeah, for sure, for with sure. With her reporting, too. So, you know, but that, you know, once again, here's the maybe that's their new strategy, right? We'll have one reporter come out and then, you know, report something incredible and then we'll discredit her. <laughs> and then we'll have some other new guy come along because she's discredited. and He'll, you know, he'll be the, the, the bad cop.
1: Yeah, maybe, but, any, but, uh,
0: dude, the, the CIA and, and the, <laughs> I mean, we really, I think we really downplay, um, conspiracy theories on this show i think that's something we've done a really good job of I've, as soon as you and i f- feel like we're even going down that road we check ourselves but i think we all know that the cia the the times has become a puppet for the cia and for the military industrial
1: complex 100 percent. so i would not look at yeah. this first of all <laughs> there's absolutely chinese drones that's nothing new you know <laughs> right. we know about that um And maybe that's a percentage of these UAP reports actually is Chinese drones. Maybe a small percentage of these UAP reports are, you know, low orbital space trash, but not all of it, you know? And who the hell is this guy? Who's Julian Barnes, you know? Right. It's it's, it's fucking fishy and it feels very puppety. It feels like, you you know, know, it's media manipulation.
0: Yeah, I got to say one thing, though, you know, with... Chinese drones. Remember when um, we had that story about the ship and you know how it had all these triangular things flying over top of it and they eventually came out and said we know it's drones. They never did identify whose drones.
1: No, and you know something that I we have not talked about I know for sure but if you're tracking new defense technology you have these uh like for example they just released uh where they will be releasing a lot more on the uh, F-21 Raider, which is the new Air Force fighter. But also... Yeah,
0: supposedly any, any day now with that,
1: yeah. yeah. And then you also have um, new naval technology. They actually have, what they're outfitting these uh, ships with is something called a solid-state beam. Do you know, Have you seen anything about that?
0: Like, I remember when they were testing this, um, but no, I haven't heard anything since Yeah,
1: then. I've actually... Um, this is not for anything from experience... Um, this is way after I got out of the Navy side so I have no personal experience with this thing I haven't seen it in you know real life but I did see some videos uh just that anybody could see the public can see where they're testing these uh the, these solid state lasers and they are like they are shredding um airborne and waterborne drones so it can actually breach really? the surface of the ocean and because there's you know there are like uh you know basically water drones so uh, yeah, it, it works pretty well. So I don't think we'll be- oh, hold on a minute.
0: Hold, hold, hold on a minute here. Let's get a little bit more nuts and bolts on this, um, solid state beam thing. Okay. Well, I don't have, an I have it, it,
1: but I I don't have an article up on it or anything, but it's just something I thought it was worth. Now just one that- thing.
0: Yeah. I just, I just got to get it straight in my head. Um, what, what is it? And how does it, how did you connect it with breaking the surface of a of the water? Because I have it in my head, when you say solid state beam, you're talking about a laser weapon.
1: It is. It's a laser. So, so
0: when you say break into surface of the water, it can it can go down into the water and destroy something. Yep. Okay. I yeah. So they you they also part.
1: have these things because uh, you know there are actual like these floating drones. They just they float on the surface of water. Some are actually submersible, but um, those are also threats because you know you can attach ordnance to them. But uh, you know not as Maneuverable is like a you know an airborne drone by any means, but they're definitely a a thing. That's a threat, and they've they've.
0: So these are like little. So those are if I can picture that in my mind's eye, those are almost like little um, watercraft that can I guess zip around and attack and do different things. Yeah, I wouldn't say zip around. I
1: wouldn't say zip around. I would say more like a floating buoy. That you could actually put on a trage- trajectory with something, so you you it's steerable, but it's not very fast. The ones that float, that I'm okay. aware of, anyway. But uh, so a little bit of
0: a step above a man, a land or, or, or like yeah, a like water a pilotable mine.
1: landmine, a little... or you know, uh, yeah, a mine.
0: Yeah. Okay, I got you. And then so it can move a little bit.
1: Yeah. So in these these uh solid state beams, I know, are effective against you know both airborne drones and waterborne drones wow so um Holy shit and there's some videos i've uh you know anybody can look up if you just look up youtube uh solid state beam defense u.s navy ship um you'll see it in action it's it's yeah, it's uh it it's you know it's not a uh it's not a gun um i'm not, i'm sure some people are familiar with the sea or the phalanx system which you know it's this r2d2 looking system that shoots you know a ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, those... you know, a ridiculous rate of fire. Tungsten, Rain you know, metal. depleted uranium rounds, and it just shreds. You know, <laughs> it's not that. This is literally a laser. This is like some Star Wars shit. Wow. But uh, yeah. Anyway, what I think is is if this intelligence is, if we still have, you know, drones. Again, this is not from an article. Just what I was thinking about in this context. Right. You know, if we're having all these shifts out there that are encountering these you know, this, this phenomenon with like I said, I'm sure some are straight up Chinese drones, but right. if there's anything, you know, more to it, if, if they're that intelligent, surely they can find a way around these solid state beams, you know? Right. So if, if you, if, if this continues to be a trend in the future, um, you know, maybe these are not just Chinese drones, because I'm telling you right now, the solid state beam, it was shredding everything like multiple drones were flying at it and it were all getting destroyed. Wow. So if it, if it can get past those solid state beams, I'm assuming it's, you know, more than Chinese, you know, but that that was just something yeah, that's I true about. And then going back, you know, yeah. we talked about the, uh, the O and D report, you know, the one, the one that was initially released. So I just wanted to bring up the fact that the, this last one that was supposed to come out just hadn't yet. And I don't, I, I just think it's way too soon to just discount it as, you know, Chinese drones and space trash. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a little yeah, bit.
1: It's it's a uh, it's
0: odds. It's a very odd statement.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not buying that at <laughs> all. And I don't. You know, I I hope that the general population don't buy it either. But I mean, it is the it is the times. So I'm not gonna I'll spend too much. This at, <laughs> I'm not gonna spend too much. Yeah, they'll release
0: that. this at eleven o'clock on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Yeah, it'll be something. Report will come when, out
1: when the next yeah. big news breaks. If it's a Thursday or Friday, that's when they'll sneak it in because that's usually you know how they do their supports. And of course, it's going to be redacted. as will get out. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. Tr- that too, right? Like that. That's the funny part about all this. Everybody keeps expecting. Oh, we're, shit
1: we're to come finally going to get it, and then we're going to tear it apart. You know, and then and then take shit on it. Yeah, I the mean, fact.
0: we're ever going to find anything out about all this stuff? It's going to come through a leak. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, the people who would be at the highest level to leak this would have to really have an axe to grind to leak it, and pretty much be. You know, you're talking somebody really pissed off with terminal cancer, right? Yeah. I mean, and you wonder why that hasn't happened already. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get people getting their hopes up, um, you know, but I think it's going to, if it's ever going to come, maybe a past president or something like that might leak something. You know, I found it interesting. I was watching a guy the other day. I, I didn't even know this happened. There was a Canadian official who had, I, he was like in the Canadian government for years and at a very high level. I think he was the minister of defense at one point. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but I just was watching a video the other day about this guy, and I'm like, there's a bunch of videos on there talking about defense and you know how they can fix the defense budget in Canada. And a very well versed, very intelligent individual. And then when he left and retired, he got into UFOs, and um, he was on somewhere, and I'm sure this is old news to everybody but me. But he was talking about how. At Area 51, there's a couple aliens, and they sneak them out and dress them as nuns, and they let them go shopping in Las Vegas.
1: What? <laughs> Did you ever hear no, this? No, I missed that, too, because I yeah. remember that.
0: And I'm like, is this guy the Manchurian candidate here, this guy, or what is going on, <laughs> you know? Or is he, like, legit? I mean, is this... It's crazy, right? But So there's something, you know, like, I don't know if they're testing the waters with a guy like that, or... Or what, you know, or whether they've convinced him that's true. Because um, we've heard about all the stuff that they've done, right? I mean, they'll do, um, we know what Richard Doty did, right? We know all that good stuff. I mean, they do some crazy, crazy stuff to to convince people that, make people sound crazy. And when I when I heard this, I was like, wow.
1: No, I ain't tracking that at all, but that's going to be worth looking into. <laughs>
0: if I can find that clip, I'll cut it in right here. So everybody can hear it. Yeah, I mean, basically, that's what he comes out and says. (laughs) Golly. (laughs) So what's next, Eric Kolchak?
1: Yeah, so the next thing, again, uh, (laughs) I guess going off a previous news story we already covered, but uh, back when James Webb just launched, it almost immediately went down because it had like a meteorite collision. And uh, we we talked about that a little bit because it was strange. They brought down the entire feed, and it seemed... uh, It just seemed pretty... Convenient. Yeah. Um, But it's already endured, up to today, it's endured 14 micrometeoroid impacts. But uh, it has... It's going to be shut down again and repositioned. So I want you to just think about that. So that's... The whole point of this article is saying, like, hey, everybody, don't worry. It'll continue operating for the next 20 years. It has enough resources to do its mission for at least the next 20 years barring these micrometeoroid impacts, but it's going to have to be repositioned basically to avoid further impacts in the future. So I just want everybody to think about that when we get to the next article.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's once again, odd, right? Didn't anticipate these downtimes and the feed going down.
1: Yep. So, um, have you heard about the Kepler 138 Charlie and Delta planets that were discovered? No. Yeah. So, there's been two new uh, water planets that were found. Um, one's probably very icy, and the other one's probably full of vapor, but they're both water planets. And uh, this is from over at the debrief. Oh, okay. But yeah, University of Montreal researchers have found the first confirmed exoplanets categorized as water worlds, dubbed Kepler-138 Charlie and Kepler-138 Delta. Um, further in the article... It goes to say that, you know, one's probably, uh, you know, like I said, solid ice and the other one's probably vapor because of where it is in relation to that star in their solar system. But what they also right. just found was, uh, this is as of yesterday, um, Kepler-138 echoes what they're tentatively calling it, but it's, uh, it's a planet that's probably roughly half the size of Earth, almost smack between uh, Kepler, Charlie, and Delta. So it's literally in that Goldilocks where they, it's in the Goldilocks zone where they could have, you know, liquid water, which is, you know, what should definitely have life on it. And, um, this was just discovered, right? And it seems like, uh, what they're doing is immediately getting involved with the James Webb telescope. Now this came out yesterday. (laughs) Right. And also now suddenly we're getting, okay, we got to, we got to shut down the James Webb telescope. Uh, to steer it out of the orbit of, you know, micrometeorites that's going to threaten it. So I think it's a little bit strange that right when we find that Goldilocks planet that, you know, that the James Webb telescope can easily look at they're They're shutting. They want to look at it. They're first. taking it offline. <laughs> you know, that's exactly <laughs> They want to look at it first. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Which takes me into my next article. <laughs> which, I'm just trying to connect the dots here, but, uh, if we, another one we've previously talked about SETI, and they're basically resurgence of a uh, citizen science work with SETI. Well, they just found this is again as of yesterday signals of interest turn up in SETI search aided by citizen science.
0: Wow! So all this stuff is coming at the same time. At the
1: same time. At the same time.
0: As this report's being held back.
1: The report's being held back. As the uh.
0: Same time as we're finding this uh, maybe l- limitless energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? We got that I, I going didn't on, too. I did to talk about
1: that, the fusion, but that's huge. Yeah. Um, the Department yep. of Energy is supposed to be releasing, it like, uh, a lot more in the next coming days as far as that goes. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. So, SETI's found, like, we all know about the wow signal that they found back in the day. But what they're doing right now is in conjunction with the... Uh, another specific telescope, the Green Bank Telescope, they've been looking at certain bands of uh, hertz. Like, they they can actually look for an narrow band of hertz. And they found okay. uh, one area, which they're not really exactly saying which area it is, but I'm assuming maybe it's where everything else is looking right now, which is in the direction of those three planets, the uh, like the water worlds. So um, they have found... And they these- analyzed...
0: And these audio signals, right?
1: Yeah. They're looking for artificial signals, like, but intelligent signals. So, right, um, right. let's see.
0: Man, there's a lot of shit going on, man. A lot of, a lot of crazy stuff. I'm sure if they, they actually catch any audio signals, it'll be a female alien yelling at a male alien to take the trash.
1: <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, so,
0: yeah, I mean these are exciting. We well, we knew when those those telescopes were headed out, you knew something was going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling, but I mean, I didn't think it'd happen this uh, soon. I mean, those
0: were amazing telescopes, right? Well, that that's the story of our lives, man. Like we always think, you know, something's going to be twenty five years down the line, and it winds up being two point five years down the yeah. line. You know, yeah, but they definitely. I mean, even they definitely this definitely positively this energy thing. It.
1: Uh, those techno signatures and it's between 1.1 and 1.9 gigahertz
0: yeah i mean even that energy thing you know they thought they would get maybe a little bit of a net gain and they wind up blowing up the instruments they got so much of a gain back from it that they didn't anticipate so i you know i think i think scientists are on purpose conservative with their estimates on everything and you know that's part of it oh yeah i agree yeah i think we are in some very exciting times.
1: Yep, I hope we get some uh, some real news here.
0: One thing's for damn sure, right? Elon's right. We we've, we've got to get off this planet, and it's our destiny to kind of colonize everywhere in in the universe, right? Like so, that's really the only stop. You know, you can worry about the climate all you want, um, and you can try to you know minimize our impact on it as much as you want, but eventually we're probably gonna have to get off this rock.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
0: if we want to keep going, I, I right? know a lot so of people, it, it is our destiny.
1: <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, aren't crazy about him, but man, I, I really admire the guy actually. I think he's great.
0: Yeah. That was, that was definitely his, he was definitely right on the money with that one. You know, it, we've got to, we've got to get <laughs> out there and it, maybe it's our destiny to colonize, colonize the uh, universe. Maybe
1: that's what it is. Right. So
0: yeah, man, these are exciting times. I, not so much with the UFO stuff, the science stuff just yeah,
1: I'm more interested in the science because, like stuff I said, than, I don't uh, think we're you know, the conspiracy I, I, yeah, things, yeah.
0: yeah, I just don't think we're ever going to get any. We may by accident,
1: yeah. Uh, speaking of which, there was an accidental leak from uh Stratcom, they had a report. Oh, yeah, you were going to talk about that, <laughs> yeah. They they accidentally uh dropped one more UAP group that's uh basically black budgeted, but this is uh. You know, we know we all know about OSF, we know about ATIP, we know about the UAP Task Force, we know about the OIMSG, and now currently, you know, it's all been kind of jumbled into something called the AARO. But what we didn't know was there was another agency called the JIATF, which was the uh, Unified Aerial Phenomenology Joint Interagency Task Force, and this was literally le- accidentally leaked by STRATCOM. Um. It's, when it was leaked, everybody was like, you know, what is this? This is top secret. And uh, within hours, um, also, this is from the Black Vault, by the way, so you guys can check it out there if you'd like it. it uh, this dropped literally uh, Wednesday. But uh, as, as soon as people started uh, filing the FOIA request for looking for more, um, you had the Pentagon spokesperson, Susan Goff. um just emailed statements left and right back to the back to the black vault saying, you know, it, it was all it was an error, it was a memo error. <laughs> but uh, man, it it's in there, <laughs> it's in there plain as day. If you if you go, I mean, I can't say enough about John Greenwald, uh, he, he's doing some amazing work over there, but uh, he's yeah,
0: Glenn, yeah, yeah, it's Glenn Greenwald. Oh, I right? thought
1: it was John, um, yeah, I think
0: it's I think it's Glenn. Mr. Greenwald. Yeah, Mr. Greenwald, <laughs> Greenwald over at the Black
1: Vaults doing some Thank shit. Thank you. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, he, he does have the documents, you know, up where it's, you know, it definitely has this uh, Unified Aerial Phenomenology Joint Interagency Task Force, um, and it basically breaks down the mission statement of that team and the lead. There's some redactions, but, uh, again, leaked by Stratcom. so i mean golly just (laughs) one more group to add to the list
0: yeah exactly there's so many of these little groups i wonder if god there's no oversight
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this is all amidst us you know right now because i mean as you and the listeners know i work for the dod we're waiting for our defense budget to be passed right now so (laughs) yeah um hopefully they figure this shit out
0: yeah i found that i found that article by the way um or the name of that guy the guy's name is paul hellier um it's paul spelled regularly and then hellier is h e l l y e r and um he was inter- he was interviewed on a russian news station <laughs> of course right has to be controversial and um he says that uh they aliens would give us more technology if we weren't so warlike and also, yeah, the, a couple of them dressed up like uh, nuns and went down to downtown Las Vegas to go shopping. <laughs> you know, the one thing is if we do when we do find something out, I wonder how many people are actually going to believe it cuz I'm sure it's going to be something as crazy as that.
1: Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. If you if you just think right now, Use your imagination and just think, what if that actually happened? You know, it's it's exactly. so f- fucking crazy that something it's like that did happen. You know, nobody would believe it anyway, just <laughs> off off the context. But like that's a yep. that's a movie yeah. I wanna see, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, or at least a skit on yeah, SNL. Yeah. It's like a <laughs>
1: like a hangover spoof, but it's you know, alien yeah. none screw SNL, man <laughs> mad
0: TV skit. Oh man. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate that news. Yeah. So we got a couple uh, exciting things coming up uh, for you guys. We're going to actually be doing a uh, – we're giving you guys a, gift, a Christmas gift this year. Working on it this week. Hopefully you get it by Christmas and Santa's not late. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we've got we've got some stuff coming out that I think you guys will like. We're, we're going to go back to the Victorian um, – tradition of telling ghost stories around christmas so uh, I, I think you guys will really enjoy it when you hear it and yeah you know what I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about um before we wrap it up here just uh something that weird that happened to me i told you this story i think i oh, did I, told I tell me. you about the weird stalker yeah let's talk about that real quick so about probably about 5 6 weeks ago now um we were in here on like a wednesday night And, it, you know, I I, I live in a touristy area, so at this time of year, there's nobody here.
1: There's nobody.
0: So I have, like, a a brand-new Jack Russell puppy. He's now going on about 11 months old. So he sits in the window uh, looking for other dogs to go by. But the good thing is he has some watchdog in him, so he's always um, barking when there's somebody outside. So it's like a Wednesday night. It's like 930, and he starts barking at the front window. And I go over... Uh, Tracy's like, you know, go see who that is. <laughs> so I walk over and I open up the door and I'm looking out and, you know, he's up on his little perch and he's still growling with a low growl. And my RV was out in front of the house and I didn't see anything because my eyes are terrible. I have crack retina. I can barely see at night. So I'm looking, and I don't see anything. And Tracy says to me, there's somebody standing right near the RV. There's somebody standing there. So I see this movement out of the corner of my eye, and I see this figure start walking down the street. So they, they start walking um, away from the house. And Tracy's over my shoulder, and she says, excuse me, can I help you? Because we thought somebody was screwing around with the RV, like somebody was maybe trying to steal something out of it. So as this person gets down into the light, I can see a little bit more, and they have like a hood on, and they're short. So I'm thinking it's maybe like a teenage kid or whatever. So I grab my keys, and I run out and get in my truck. And Tracy, to her credit, just ran out past me, shut the door, and she starts walking down the street towards this person. And that's freaking me out a little bit. So I get in the truck, fired up, because I'm going to, you know, use the, the headlights <laughs> to get on this person. And I catch up to her. She's about 100 feet down the street, and that person is turning the corner as I tell her, get in the truck, because I don't want her walking up to this person. You know, we don't know who it is. So... By the time she gets in the truck and we get to the corner, they're cutting around the other corner. So they're, like, going around the block completely, right? So they're making a right, and then they're making another right. Are they aware that you guys are trailing them at this point? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. So we whip around the other corner, and I pull up, and it's this little Indian lady, um, little Hindu girl, right? Absolutely beautiful woman about maybe four foot, 10 inches tall and real small. And my wife is like, excuse me, you know, what were you doing near your RV and, and all this other good stuff. So she stops and you can see she's really visibly upset and she's almost like halfway crying. And I, I immediately felt bad. I'm immediately like, like God, we're harassing yeah, this lady. Yeah. Right. Right. But like, we really wanted to know what was up with her. So, um, To her credit, she came out in the street and came over to the truck, and the truck's lifted. It's 135, so (coughs) she's, like, down there. And she's so small, like, her head is barely level with the truck, right? So she gets up on my running boards, and now I'm a little freaked out. And she looks in the window, and and she's like, you're going to think I'm crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 believe me, (laughs) if you ever heard my show, I wouldn't think you're crazy. So, you know, she's like, um... But I, I I feel like this, when I was young, I lived here, and there was a girl that lived across the street from you guys in, you know, Unit 11, and she used to aggravate me and tease me when I was a kid. And um, I can feel her. She's calling to me. She's dead, but I can feel her. She's calling to me, and, sh- and she's trying to argue with me. And, I, and so now I know that she's not all there, right? So... But now she's hanging in the window and she's literally six inches from my wife's face. So I'm not going to like pull off, right? I'm just going to watch her. So she goes on to tell us that she's getting this feeling that this woman who she grew up around is trying to still pick on her from what she says is the grave. She says this woman's dead and she didn't mention her name or anything along those lines. So she's going through this long story and how she was sitting in her mother's house three blocks away. And she just started thinking about this woman and hearing her voice in her head. And she wanted to come over and just look at the house. So it's the house across the street from me and to the left a little bit. So that's what she was doing. So this is a weird situation, right? To say the least. But one of the weirdest things I thought about when she was telling us all this was, you know, you get all these shootings, right? All these mass shootings and all this other good stuff that goes down. And, you know, it's always people that run into people who are, you know, something wrong with them. And then they don't say anything about it, (laughs) you know? And that's what I was thinking. Like the whole time she was talking, I'm like, should we really say anything? So I thought to mention to her, well, did you tell the police? And she said, yes, I've called the brigantine police department they've told me that there's nothing. She said, they've told me that there's nothing that they can do about it. And I'm thinking, well, what did you expect them to do? You know, but other than that, I mean, like I said. Well, see, I didn't even think that was, was the story you were going to say. Functioning,
1: because I knew about two other things, and one actually was in that same neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I'm getting to that. Yeah, I'm getting to that. the The hot, she was very high functioning, like very intelligent, very well spoken. She had like a British lilt to her accent, so she's probably educated over in India, you know, at a at a probably like a British school, and very intelligent, seemed very intelligent, you know, very sincere, you know. So then I felt like a little bit judgy, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry you're going through that, you know, and then we're apologizing. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry we came up to you and I'm sorry we scared you. And she's like, no, no, I would have did the same thing if someone was outside my house. She's like, I won't come around anymore. Uh, And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, now we know who you are. Not a problem. You know, if you want to come around and Tracy's like elbowing (laughs) me, right? So. We let her go and we drive right back around the corner. And I'm like thinking about all this. And it gets quiet in the car. And then Tracy says to me, I've actually, she was actually here two weeks ago. And she was standing in front of the house and she was staring at our house. And I went out and asked her, Can I help you? And she just walked away from me. So she, that was the second time she was at our house. Yeah.
1: Well, that's kind of unnerving. So, you know what I mean, like, don't just walk yeah, off. Right. Be all crazy. So we did. have
0: like, this stalker right now she hasn't been around since. And I decided ultimately not to say anything to the brigantine police department or bring it up or anything like that. I don't want to cause anybody who's having that kind of stress in their life. Any, any more stress. Right. I just thought to myself, I'm not going to say anything about it and I have it. Um, but literally two weeks later, weird shit starts happening around the house again. And it's been very quiet and people know if they've listened to the show for a really long time, like I've had a lot of stuff go on in my life with what I would consider like ghost stuff. Right. Which is why I'm so adamant that, you know, there that something's there's something to that. So I've had a lot of stuff going on, but it's been extremely quiet. It has been, there hasn't been anything going on. So I haven't had anything going on for probably like a year, year and a half. So, you know, first we get, we start hearing, we're going to bed at night. We're upstairs, we're in bed, and we start hearing, like, voices downstairs. Like, I, like, I'm not saying, I'm saying we, I shouldn't say we. I'm hearing them. She's sleeping. I'm waking her up going, do you hear that? And she's telling me no. <laughs> so, I, you know, I can't say it's her that's hearing it, right, because she hasn't caught any of it yet. But these are, like, full-blown conversations with more than one person. And – the first couple times I heard it, I dismissed it. I just thought somebody was walking around outside and in the summertime, they would be because you hear stuff all the time. People are around here. They're walking around. So that started happening. Um Then I went to a um, mechanic all the way up in North Jersey one morning, very early in the morning. I had to leave really early and I was getting the company car fixed. Right. So, I go up there and the guy brings me into the the waiting room, the waiting area. Yeah, the waiting area. And there's this huge, like 75 inch plasma, beautiful TV. This guy just opened up a um, very specialized place that does only certain stuff to cars. So he, he just opened up and he was all proud of his TV. He's like, yeah, I got this TV, you know, and we got everything. We have Netflix. We have this. We have Prime. Watch whatever you want. It's going to take me about an hour and a half. Well, I'm not a big TV watcher during the day. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't psyched about it. So, he he leaves to go mess with the car and he puts the remote down on the the TV stand. And he walks away um and it's quiet and there's nobody in there. And just something told me to look up at the TV. So, I look up at the TV and out of the corner of my eye, I catch the remote control spin around one time. <laughs> and it it did it. I know it did it. And it the weirdest thing was it spun around and did a complete three sixty and stopped in the same position it, it was.
1: It didn't start till you gave it like your and, full attention, correct? Right.
0: And I I was, you know, I'm very good at sitting there and going, Did I really just see that and thinking about it? You know? Well, was the drive maybe a little bit too long? You know, and maybe where there was some water on the on the TV stand. So I went over and I checked. There's no water. There's nothing there. It seemed pretty level. There wasn't a lot of vibrations in the shop because there wasn't any tools running or anything like that. And it just made my blood run cold, like after I thought about all that. And it was morning. It was a beautiful sunny day. You know, like a crisp fall day. It was beautiful. It was and there was other people that came in and out after that. But it was just a really weird thing to happen.
1: Yeah, and you said the building Fast, was uh probably like
0: It's an old Toyota, it's an old Toyota dealership. Okay. So the area I was sitting in used to be an outside wall.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, yeah, and they had built on to the end of it. It's not a Toyota dealership. It, that's not what it is now, but it was an old Toyota dealership. So where I was sitting was actually against the rock wall that used to be the outside part of it. And then they just built, you know, they, you know how they do these dealerships. They just keep putting up steel and glass, right? So the, there was, there's a steel and glass structure with a roof that they, you know, were adding on to the dealership. So that's the area I was in, but it was just odd, man. Yeah, for sure. It was just, it made my blood run cold <laughs> and not, that, that was it. Nothing else happened that I didn't hear any voices, didn't hear anything the, drove home. No, you know, nothing wrong. Nothing happened. Um, good drive home, just weird thing that happened in another weird area. Right. So, Fast forward to another week and I know I sound like I'm crazy um, and I hate sounding like that, but you know, I want to let everybody know what's going on. It's just weird because I'm, I'm still like expecting more shit to go on and I don't know if this triggered at all, but um, going forward, there's a house um, that people just literally come down like three times a year and then they seal it all up. They winterize it, they go home. Right? Like I think they spend their their two weeks vacation and then they they don't rent it out. They don't do any of that yeah. good stuff. And I was coming around the corner with the dog. It was early in the morning. I'm talking like 5: thirty in the morning, but it's it was it was light out. There was there was a decent amount of light. And as I walked around the corner and it was a still morning, I could hear a conversation which what at first I thought was on the lawn. <laughs> so the lawns aren't really deep. they're only like thirty feet deep. And I'm looking at this you know how you you hear a voice, and then maybe at first you sit there and think oh it's it's further away than I think yeah. it was, and maybe then you like you you realize, oh, it's behind a fence or it's in somebody's yard like strange or acoustic bounces, it's maybe like or your phone playing in your friggin pocket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like something like that, so I stood there and I'm looking around, and I'm like, no man, that shit is twenty feet in front of me, and there's no one there right <laughs> so i i was just like and it stopped when i started taking notice of it so i went back around the corner to see if there was anybody in the yard because they have a cyclone fence on one side and then they have a solid fence where i was hearing this so um i went around but you can see the whole yard there was nobody in the yard so then i went up to the doors um to see if i could hear maybe like a tv on because maybe they leave a tv on you know to scare people away or a radio you know that's what. My grandma used to go out and leave the radio on. Yeah. So, no, nothing. You know, and I stood there for a good little while, like two minutes. So I come down and the dog's looking at me like, well, what are we doing? I gotta go to the bathroom. So we we come down and I start walking down the street and I hear a voice clear as day go, Yeah, you Yeah. See <laughs> And I am my blood goes <laughs> cold again. And I'm like, What is going on, man? Now you know, and I don't recognize the voice.
1: Yeah. So again, this is the first time you're telling the audience, obviously, but you told me this a few days ago, right? And I got goosebumps when you said, right. "Yeah, you." But I'm wondering, like, maybe that's what this, uh, you know, this little Indian lady's hearing is like, literally, voices calling out to her. Like, how far was this off that right. path?
0: That's what I'm thinking you know? too. Or she set something in motion.
1: Yeah, she might have, man.
0: Right. I I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. It's it's weird. And then the other thing with her telling us that the house was across the street. But then Tracy telling me that two weeks before that, she saw her outside and she was looking at our house.
1: But when it said, like, yeah, you, does that sound like somebody that would, like, pick uh-huh. on somebody else?
0: Yeah, it did. You know what? Now that you say that, it did sound a little bit like somebody, some, like, maybe teenager picking on
1: another Yeah, that, that's kind of how i It's it. a female voice.
0: It's definitely female.
1: Huh. Yeah, that's... I, man, I would just keep your eyes peeled, man. Just really be alert keep up because, uh, I mean, it may not be over.
0: Oh, I love it. I, th- I think it's cool. I love it. You know, you Heck know yeah. me, I mean, I'm just, I'm ready to do EVPs around there. If yeah. That's will, what a, I want. That's
1: what I ultimately <laughs> want to happen, man. But, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I mean maybe pull up in the driveway and just start doing EVPs outside. It's a beautiful home. They just had a uh, brand new Hardy board put on the outside. Very nice home. But it's not a radio plane in there, and it's not a TV, um, and I walk by it every day. I mean, my my walk in the morning with the dog is around the block to get him yeah, going. Yeah, but my bad. I cut you off and telling your story. It's just odd.
1: But, like, <laughs> there was more to it after <laughs> you heard the yeah, you, right?
0: Well, there was more before it, and then the yeah, you was sort of kind of like, yeah, we're standing here. You heard us. We stopped talking. It was like it was almost like a like a challenge a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a little bit of a challenge. No, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's
1: just it's just been
0: weird, man. And we've, you know, like I've heard conversations downstairs and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, I kind of look at it as people are just noticing that you're noticing them, you know, or, or spirits are just noticing that maybe, hey, here's a guy who believes in spirits. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I don't know why it is. And I don't know if that lady is some kind of witch or or something along those lines, you know, it's just a, it's just a very strange thing that happened to me. And I wanted to let the audience know about it. I'll keep, keep you guys, you know, up to date on it and see if anything else happens. I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick. This is how we'll end this show. I'll cut this in as the ending. (laughs) So the holidays are coming, right? I want to know what's the shittiest gift you ever got. (laughs) And if you're calling anybody out who may be listening to it, then feel free not to tell me.
1: Uh, yeah i i got i got from a buddy this mixtape that like me and him share music and shit so Uh we like we'd always we just made each other mixtapes and shit because we moved we moved apart so like i would uh send him tapes and he'd send me tapes and shit and then uh i got for for him like a christmas present a tape and i was like all right cool it's probably awesome like some putting me on some new stuff and what it was was uh-huh. like, it was it was like uh, Kenny G. It was it wasn't a mixtape at all, man. It was like the best of Kenny. It was like all like real sappy saxophone music. But uh, I mean, it was a joke gift, but it was it was super well played. That's that's probably the shittiest one I've ever got. Uh, what about you? Oh God,
0: <laughs> that's like the. Th- that's the third time somebody's mentioned Kenny G this week to me. That's crazy how that <laughs> happens. You, you, you won't hear somebody and you hear them three times in one week. I was thinking back to when, when you were talking about uncles and how good an uncle you are to your, your nieces and nephews. I was thinking back. that I had an uncle that every year would give me savings bonds. And when you were a kid, it's completely lost on you, right? <laughs> and I have no idea where they are. But it was like every year, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe's, oh, Uncle Joe has a gift for you. And you go over and you would be like, "Now, Michael, hold on to this. It's going to really be worth (laughs) something someday. And they never were. They were all worth the same thing that they paid for them, right? It was savings bonds. He used to drive me crazy. He used to have to say (laughs) thanks for it, you know? Now, what's the best gift you ever got?
1: Oh, man, that's actually going to be hard because I've gotten some really good gifts.
0: Yeah, that, that one is a little harder, right? Especially if you're a grateful person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't
0: think I can even answer that one. Oh, I can I can answer mine. I, one time, uh, I don't know if everybody remembers this, but um, Calico Football was all yeah. the shit when I was probably like in eighth <laughs> yeah, grade. I definitely remember, and it was horrible. Yeah, yeah it was it was literally <laughs> it was a game that you were it was supposed to be a two player game um, where you could like put this on a table and you know you move this little dot there was like three dots on defense and you were the one dot running at them and you had to get out of their way, right? But it was just such a big game. Everybody loved it that year. Everybody wanted it. And I was lucky enough to have an aunt that was working at uh, what was then called Kitty City. It was an old <laughs> – it was a chain here in Pennsylvania that had toys. You know, like everybody had toys or us we had Kitty City. Yeah,
1: yeah I feel like i, I feel uh, like been to Kitty City. <laughs>
0: Yeah, people had KB Toys in the Midwest and, you know, they had department stores in the Midwest, but we always had, you had two things. You had Sears and you had Kitty City and my aunt actually got one. My mother had told me I wasn't getting it and my aunt actually called her on Christmas Eve because somebody didn't pick it up and lay away. So I woke up on Christmas Day and I had Coleco football and I, you know, played it for three weeks and then (laughs) put it away, but I was just so, so happy to get it. It was it was a so horrible game too, because it was a two player game. That was the reason I was waiting so long for it, because there was a one player version and a two player version and I wanted the two player. But you know how people are with their controllers, right? And this was a shared controller. So think about that, right? You're trying to hit the buttons fast and the other guy's trying to hit the buttons fast and you're holding the same yeah. <laughs> device. So it was terrible. Yeah, but that was it. That was that was like that was like the best thing. That's ever. awesome, man. I, mean, I was probably about fourteen years old. So that was it for
1: me. <laughs> yeah, I can't like. There's so many. I can't even choose which I what I think would be my best one. What do you think's the best? The worst one you've given? Oh, because um, I can very. I'll just make this super quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I. You know what? I'm a pretty good gift giver, but one year I went. I I, I totally like. Actually, it's recent too. Two years ago, I got Tracy. I mean, we're at the age where we like experiences. Uh huh. So two years ago I got her a um skydiving thing, like for the indoor skydiving thing. You know, like where you oh, yeah, go yeah. in the and big it's fan. indoors and it's just a big fan. Yeah. So I got her that totally blanking on the fact that she had neck surgery that year. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was now that that wasn't the only thing I got her. I got her uh a ride around Pocono Raceway too, got her that, and you know, she rode around in a stock car. But yeah, totally blank. <laughs> that was probably the worst one I ever gave, and that's just recent.
1: Yeah, I I very vividly remember, uh, like thinking my mom needed like hiking socks for some reason. So like I went and uh-huh. I got her like some really nice socks, dude. Like they were like smart wool specifically for women hiking socks, and they were like. $30 for four fucking pairs or some shit. It was, whatever it was, was ridiculous. Yeah. Or for actually like four socks, I think just two pairs. And, uh, I remember like giving my mom that in a bag, like, cause I don't really wrap gifts. If I don't have to, I just put them in like a gift bag and stable it. And, uh, I remember her saying like when I gave it to her, she's like, Oh, I'm sure I'll love it as long as it's not socks or something. And it was socks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what'd you say? <laughs> Do
0: you think she knew? No,
1: She had no idea, man. Cause I was coming in from out of town. You know what I mean? It's not like she,
0: dude, how did she backtrack on that one?
1: <laughs> she couldn't, man. Like, I got, I won't let her live it down. So now like, and that's been a few years. So like just since then, like I always get her socks now.